For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. And Kasira McKee. Hi. Hello, how are you? Good. So what's new and exciting? I thought we were going to have a different song at the beginning. I was wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. It's being worked on. Well, first of all, Tesla Bella uh, is dealing with a, well, she's in New Jersey right now, dealing with a family issue. Oh. Uh, and uh, so, it, but it's being worked on. So, okay. uh, so it's coming. It's coming. Okay. Because I, I was something mistaken. to look forward to. So we're going to have a completely new opening very soon. Something to look forward to for everyone. It's in the works. Okay. Uh, so just, just be patient. It's coming. So oh, I'm not impatient. All, I just misunderstood. No, uh, that, well, I'm sorry about that. So That's it, okay. it is on the way. We're good. But, We're good. Uh, I, I could see the look on your face and you were going, what's going on? I was on surprised. <laughs> I was a little surprised. It's okay. It's so, all right. Anyway, it's okay. I, it's Sunday night. Here we are. We are letting go of the previous week and we are letting go of any anticipation of the upcoming week so that we're open to everything that's coming our way. So tonight we're going to be talking about soul contracts. We're going to be talking about quicksand, uh, which I was really in this past week, which you and our dear friend Doug, uh, he really picked up on it uh, big time and uh, reached out to me. So Doug, if you're watching, uh, thank you for having my back uh, on that. Uh, but I want to ask you uh, before we start, um, how are you, first of all, and Fabulous. have you let go of anything this week, or is there Oh, I let, I let go every day. It's why I wrote the book. <laughs> Hello? Yes. I'm not perfect. I, you know, I'm not one of those people that say, I learned how to do this, and now I'm perfect, and now I'm going to teach you how. No. No, we're all human. We're all human people. We're all spiritual people in human bodies, and I have to, I'm called to let go of things every day. And a lot of people, a lot of energy from people. Have well, you noticed that? that? Have you noticed that, Richard? Well, I think that you're perfect at being imperfect. Um, yeah, well, I write that in the book that perfection is not a thing. Mm -hmm. It's not real. It's an opinion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so uh, of course, of course, I let go of things every day. And a lot of it has to do with other human beings. Mm hmm. Well, let's start tonight with soul contracts, because there are certain people that come into our lives. There are people that we meet uh, there. Uh, last night, uh, Danny, my husband, and I uh, went and had dinner with friends, and uh, we saw friends that we haven't seen in a long time. Uh -huh. And one of the uh, friends that we were with, an older woman who used to live, was a neighbor of ours. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about the friends that we meet along the way and that sometimes at various points in our lives, we meet new friends. And if you're lucky enough, uh, something interesting happened today along those lines. Mm -hmm. um, today is National Senior Citizens Day. And Hello, senior citizens unite. Uh -huh. And so I, you know, and it's funny because... I've never really even verbalized the words that I'm a senior citizen. And as I was reading this today, some people believe that they become a senior citizen at 50, some at 52. She's, uh, she's disappeared. I don't know where she went. Um, uh, senior citizens, I will continue. She's back. Sorry, I touched something. I touched, you know, <laughs> I mentioned senior citizen and then you go, but okay. what I was saying is that I had never even verbalized that uh -huh. word today, but then it said some people are senior citizens at 50, some at 52, some at 60, okay. some at 62, some at 65, but no matter how you cut it, no matter where you are on that spectrum, uh -huh. I would be a senior citizen. So when I saw that today and I said out loud, I'm a senior citizen. Believe it or not, saying those words out loud was freeing for me. Okay. It was but you know, that's just that's just a title adopted by our society. Exactly. I prefer, you know, people call me a wise woman. 
they don't call me. Then they call. Of course, you know my nickname is Diva K. Sorry for people who don't like the term diva. I love it. Um, for me, it has a positive connotation. So I don't. You know, so we are labeled as a senior citizen when it comes to discounts, when it comes to insurance, when it comes to you know a lot of things. You're not the only person who's been called a wise woman. Are you referring to yourself? <laughs> But anyway, it was just so. All good. right, all right, sweetie. You, you know, embrace the embrace <laughs> it. Just embrace it, my love. I, I, you know, it's funny because, um, you know, we live in a society now where people are using different pronouns and mm -hmm. un, uh, labels and anything. Uh, be whoever you want to be and be proud of it. Mm -hmm. And that's that's my motto. If yeah, of course. And you're going through life. You know, things have, times have really changed. If you, I don't know if you've noticed the hair trend, but young women are dyeing their hair gray. Yes. They're toning their hair gray. And, and what's so funny women. is, you know, I attempted, I attempted to grow my hair out and see how gray it is. It's not. It's this dark, nasty, it's beyond dishwater blonde. It's like trash can blonde. I'm just going to say it. It's not pretty on me. You know, so I lighten it up a little bit, you know, to make it pretty. Uh, yet, but I find it interesting that young women are adopting the gray hair look. And um, I, I'm a member of a Facebook page. I think it's called Growing Gray Gracefully. And there are some gorgeous natural gray and white-headed people out there, darling. Mm -hmm. Really wonderful. Anyway, getting back to your original point. But, you know, I will say this, you know, as I was going through my 30s, I uh -huh. went through every shade of blonde that you could go through. <laughs> oh, really? Because, yes. <laughs> as a matter of fact, I did a show when I was uh, 30 um, mm -hmm. called Men of Manhattan. And the character had the uh, playwright, John Glines, mm -hmm. actually wrote into the script this character's hair color as uh, being a champagne blonde. And that oh. was an actual color because that was the color of my hair. Uh, he asked oh. me one day, he said, what is, what is that uh -huh. color? And I said, it's called Champagne Blonde. Uh -huh. And they wrote that into the script. That's hysterical. But getting back to my friend last night, she was talking about uh, this friend she just recently met in uh -huh. life. And they became fast friends. As a matter of fact, uh, she's from Chile. And they went to Chile together and uh, they traveled together. And she said last night, not even knowing that we were going to have this conversation tonight, and I told her to tune in. I think she's watching um, that we were going to be talking about this tonight. She said, I felt like I met my soulmate. Oh, and you and I felt that way after our first conversation. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then yeah, and I, I met someone new the other day. I don't know if he's watching. He's not saying anything. Bobby Robinson. I love Bobby. Bobby and I met by chance. It was so strange. I detected uh, the accent immediately. And I said, where are you from? And he said, Atlanta. And I said, I'm from Texas. And we, we just, we talked about how interesting and different it is to be a Southerner and move to New Mexico. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, and we were just on the same page about everything. And he and his partner live here in Santa Fe. We're getting together soon. But it was just, it was like, it was kismet. It was, it was, and he knew it too. He told me, he said, we were meant to, we were meant to meet. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah. So yes, we do have those instances where, but here's the thing. We, everyone on the planet right now has a soul contract. We have a collective consciousness and a soul contract, everybody on the planet, even those we haven't met. When we get to meet people, we get to really look at those little soul contracts here and there. And sometimes the soul contracts last for a minute or five minutes or 10 minutes. You know, we, we actually get to interact into our soul contracts. When we actually become a little more intimate and we speak and we connect energetically, we are seeing those soul contracts through. Now, do they always work out? No. Were we so contracted anyway? Yes. We were so contracted anyway. We made an agreement on a soul level to meet. Do we, are we always on the same page? No. Uh, 
do do we get disappointed with our cell contracts? Sure, that disappointment is an actual feeling in psychology. Well, Kasira, have you ever signed a bad contract? Oh, I, I don't call them bad. I don't call them bad. I'm not talking about soul contracts. I'm talking about you in said, your. You said, have you ever signed a bad soul contract? No. I said, you, have you, you ever asked me that. No, that's not what I asked. Oh, I'm sorry. I said, have you ever signed a bad contract? I'm talking are you about. Ta oh, you're, are you talking a business contract? I'm talking about a business contract. Oh, yes. Oh, God, yeah. Okay. So oh, God, yeah. Mm -hmm. I have been in litigation uh, twice in my yes. career. We know um, mm -hmm. once in, you know, once in litigation, once in arbitration. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you go in with the best of intentions, always yeah. um, hoping that everything, no one goes into a contract hoping that it's not going to work out. Um, well, we, but sometimes we have red flags at the beginning and we overlook them because we desire that sole contract. So, so badly. Have you ever noticed that? Sometimes Absolutely. Have a feeling. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember years ago that I, because I had been burned once, uh, I was signing a contract to do a show out in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had an attorney look at the contract. And yeah. she said, this is not a good contract for you to sign. She said, mm -hmm. let me go in and let me work on this. So when she went in, she was, uh, she said, let me work on this. Mm -hmm. And I was so afraid that the changes that she was going to make was going to turn off this person to the point where they would oh. not want to hire me. Uh -huh. And she said, a contract, and this goes with sole contracts as well, a contract is for the benefit of both parties. And uh, well, and if only if only people would agree with that, because when some so con a lot of soul contracts don't work out, and people don't look at them as a benefit, they look at them as a problem. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, but I have a question because sure. of the world that we are currently navigating through. Um, we are living in a world right now uh, where everything is so divided and we've reached a point where people are not even willing to have a discourse. Um, I don't know if you've seen the, the uh, meme, I guess you would call it, that's been circulating on all social media today of all the books that are being banned um, in uh, mm. Texas schools right now. Oh, I'm from because, Texas. You don't have to tell me. Well, there's a certain group of teachers, uh, you know, or politicians mm -hmm. who have decided that these books are not for the benefit of those students. Yes. So these books are being pulled from library shelves and mm -hmm. uh, from the curriculum. And these are books that you and I grew up with. Um, many of them. Uh again, getting back to these friends that we were having dinner with last night, we're very good friends with Toni Morrison. As a matter of fact, when they got married, mm -hmm. I sat at Toni Morrison's table. Or I should say she sat at my table. We sat at the same table. Uh, and Toni Morrison wrote a book called Blue Eyes. Do you know this book? No. And it's about... Um, an African-American child with blue eyes who's ostracized because of the blue eyes. Oh, that happens all over the world, yeah. Yes. But this book is a very famous book that Toni Morrison wrote. And mm -hmm. this book is now banned mm -hmm. in certain schools. And it's- What does this have to do with Toni? What does this have to do with soul contracts? But it has to do with the fact that certain people believe certain things and oh. if you, uh, there's a discourse now where people are not willing to have a discussion about these things. So there was a time where you and I had civics in school. We had a debate team in school. Mm -hmm. We 
had discussions on things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, if someone doesn't like something, they want to banish it. They want to get rid of it. Yeah. So my question to you is, in the world that we're living in right now, um, is this part of a bigger plan uh, in terms of how- It's part of the bigger plan so far as we see it through. Do you want to elaborate we on have a cho- We have a choice if we want to be a part of the bigger plan or not. Some people just turn their backs on it and walk off. And some people stay engaged. Um, I'm not, so for instance, I'm not one, a person that goes out and petitions on the street with a sign. Because as far as I'm concerned, that's really dangerous for me. However, I appreciate those people that are willing to go stand on the street with a sign. Even if I don't agree with them, protesters, I, 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 I totally uh, support protesters on certain things. However, nonviolent protesting, I, I should probably underline. Mm-hmm. However, my way of engaging is to chant about the subject. As you know, I practice Nietzsche Buddhism for 34 years, and I chant Nam Myoho Renge Kyo every day, and I recite a very short version of the Lotus Sutra. I know a lot of Christians that actively pray daily. The Christians I know are really good people, by the way. I, I know that there's a every you know everybody's got an opinion about uh, certain sects of practitioners. Uh, the people in my life who are uh, I have some I know some, some Muslims. I know a lot of Christians. I know a lot of Buddhists. I know a lot of Jews, and they the the people in my life actively practice in their way. And they do, and they engage with what's going on on the planet. So it's it's like it's, I feel like I know there's a lot of people that don't know how to engage. Yet we all are contracted to be here right now for a reason. We're all here right now for a reason. There are a lot of people that are checked out here in Santa Fe. We have a huge homeless drug addict problem. I've talked about it before. So much so that we have a town hall meeting on August 30th or 31st or something about the issue. Um, Santa Fe has become a mecca for homeless drug addicts. And people don't like it, yet guess what? We contracted to be here. I happen to be here right now. And so what we're learning as as a collective consciousness with soul contracts is what's going on with human beings right now where we are. What's going on with human beings right now where we are? And we're called to look at it and we're called to engage in it. Whether or not we agree with it, we agree to be here right now and engage. And it's not, and sometimes it's not pretty and it's sometimes painful. Yet we're here for a reason together. So engagement is, engagement in one's own individual choice is important. Even just energy work, even just prayer work is important. That's my answer. But we're also living, we're in a culture right now mm-hmm. where, for example, the other night I was watching uh, this series um, about this new curriculum that's going through in Florida. Mm-hmm. And the curriculum is not even based on a Judeo-Christian doctrine. Mm-hmm. but a Protestant doctrine okay? because they negate Catholicism. They negate okay. anything that's not based on basically a Methodist, Protestant, Pentecostal. Well, um, that's what the, well, that's what the Episcopalians did. Well, this is what's happening right now in, <laughs> well, it's happening in Florida on a, on a major level. And uh-huh. unfortunately teachers and parents who are opposing this um, are being, the attorney general uh, of Florida was just recently suspended uh, Mm -hmm. for making a statement, just even speaking out. What is very dangerous and what is the slippery slope that people may not be aware of in terms of wishing that we're gonna go so far in a certain direction Uh is if you go so far in that direction that you will not, what you and I are doing right now. Maybe banned at some point. 
could be banned at some point. I know. Believe me. I I get it. However, there's power in numbers. There's power in numbers and collective consciousness. We we are getting we 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 asked to be here to see where we're out, where we're at as a collective consciousness right now. And we are not on the same page. I'd really, I know we've used the term divided before and we've talked about it. I don't really like the word. I just see that we've got a lot of people on the planet with different ideas who are addicted to being right. Mm -hmm. I write about addiction to being right in my book. There are a lot of people on our planet addicted to being right. Uh, I don't like to get into the politics too much. I like mm -hmm. to look at the bigger picture. Thank you for bringing those things up because they are examples of where we are now. I don't like, I don't agree with it's where we're headed. I look at it as where we are now. It's where we are right now. Yet where we're headed could be anything. Could be anything. Well, what it's, are the what, we, it's what we do with it. It's what we do with it. And, you know, really, the bigger picture is not what I believe and what you believe and other people believe. It's about us creating unity and equality on these subjects instead of fighting each other and, and uh, being against each other all the time. It's about people seeing the other side. Um, I have my own opinions about the Supreme Court and... Uh, the decisions they're making and uh, how lopsided I believe our Supreme Court is, that's the issue. A lot of these decisive entities are lopsided. We are not represented equally on a lot of things in our country. When we're speaking about politics and government and law, I don't feel that we are, there's an equal balance. It seems to be really lopsided. Does that make sense? It makes very good sense. And what's very interesting is, you know, I'm going to be interviewing um, a, a a gentleman. I was scheduled to interview him the other night, and we were having some technical issues. Mm -hmm. It's coming up, everyone, on uh, September 3rd. Uh, plug for that. Uh, Robert Rickard and Richard. And he um, is a documentarian. He uh, mm -hmm. won uh, many Emmy Awards. Uh, he did documentaries on uh, the Kennedy assassination, uh, the mm, uh, uh -huh, uh -huh. destroying the uh, Redwoods, everything. And uh -huh. he was there um, at the beginnings of uh, television documentaries, uh, worked with Concrete, uh, uh, Concrete um, and everyone. Mm -hmm. And um, these issues that we think are going on in the news now were going on then too. Uh -huh. This is nothing new. And there was so much going on behind the scenes. His book is yes. a real page turner in mm -hmm. terms of learning about, uh, I mean, he was getting death threats. There were so many incredible things that were going on behind the scenes with him always. And it goes all the way back to Hoffa and, you know, mm -hmm. and all these things that have gone on. Uh, people are sometimes afraid of change people are afraid well, of let's let's go beyond that let's go beyond that richard it's not that people are afraid of change they're afraid of the unknown if it's a change they haven't uh, not everybody i love change if it's for the best you know me i change i, I go through a lot of changes i co-create a change in my life and i and i sometimes not pretty and not comfortable yet i see it through uh people who people people who need people <laughs> are the luckiest people in the world yeah uh people who fight change are people who are afraid of the unknown and many times the unknown is so much better yet they don't give it a chance we don't give it a shot thank you thank you and they hold other people back. It's a collective consciousness. People who are afraid of the unknown and fight change do sometimes hold the collective consciousness back. What's happening, I feel like, in our country right now uh, is a longing for the old days 
where a small group of people were in charge and nobody else was to make them feel safe. Mm -hmm. And we're beyond that now. It's the year 2022. I feel like, like at this point, we should be more evolved as a species and we should be more, uh, uh, um, what's the word, um, evolved technologically, evolved spiritually, evolved psychically. Yet there are things that hold us back. There are other authoritarian entities that hold us back purposefully. They want to bring back the good old days of control mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of the people. Oh, that was a really bold thing for me to say. <laughs> but it's, how I, it's just how I feel. I agree with you. But, however, if you look you. at if you look at other parts of our society, like if you look at the history of, for instance, if you look at the history of fashion, you know, in the 1920s, women rebelled. They said, we will show our ankles. We will cut our hair off. We won't wear it in Gibsons and buns anymore. We, wear, we will wear a lot of makeup. We will wear a lot of jewelry. We will dance. We will go to clubs and we will dance and we will smoke cigarettes. Well, you've women, heard me women did that, you know. You've heard me talk about Miss Epps, who was mm -hmm. my mentor in South mm -hmm. Carolina. She was mm -hmm. the first woman in my hometown to get her hair bobbed in the 1920s. That hey was you. That was that was the big thing. Hello, yeah. Um, she left home to pursue a career in the theater. She came back. She created her own theater. She or this is one of my favorite stories. She ordered her husband in a mail order catalog. Nice. And when he arrived, she was out of town, and he married. <laughs> oh my God, Joan Crawford wannabe. I love it. But she, he married her sister. Oh. across the street and therefore she and her sister never spoke again uh, that's a movie you realize that it's a movie that's a that's a film it's, it's a movie we need to get the right we need to write you know i'm a writer we need to get the rights from her and we need to film that that's it's hysterical a, it's all part of the legend of florence at theodora epps mm -hmm. we should write a book the legend of florence theodora epps you and i should write it because okay. it's there it's our story Hours for the taking. And that's a, but that's actually, I think we just just write a film treatment. That's all. I mean, that you really. I, needs to be I mean, one of the other things we were going to talk about, which brings us right, we're sliding right into it, is mm -hmm. quicksand. Is, is what? The, oh, the quicksand. Oh, of holding us down in the mire of not mm -hmm. wanting us to move forward, and mm -hmm. you you talk about those that are in power. Mm -hmm. um, an entire party has been built, and again, I don't want to get political, but an entire party has been built based on fear instead of hope. And yes. people are afraid of uh, not having enough, not of what's out there. Mm -hmm. It's what's on the other side of that wall, what's on the other yeah. side of that border. Uh, something, somebody's coming to get us. Uh, there's, there's always something out there that's mm -hmm. going to grab our ankles and suck us under it's like I, well, I don't I, I don't i don't like that statement because it makes it so i, I don't like that statement it, there are there are things that are presented to us that are a possibility doesn't mean they're going to suck us under those of us who are aware can i read my quote from the quicksand chapter yes those of you who don't have my book it's on amazon.com uh my opening quote, and I wrote this quote, it's on page 49 of my book under the quicksand chapter. It's what opens the chapter. We must stay awake. This is really important, you guys. We must stay awake. That's really important. We must stay awake in human life in order to notice the red flags and giant arrows that point to the opportunity to let go gracefully instead of dramatically and hurtfully. We must pay attention to the moment before we set foot into the quicksand of holding on to things so we don't end up drowning in it. Once we allow ourselves to slip into the dangerous mix of sand, clay, and water, and the more we resist letting go, the faster we sink into it. And a lot of times we hold on and we sink stop, into it stop, because stop, of stop, other stop, people's beliefs. Stop, stop, stop. I Excuse want you me? To I want you to reread that. Okay. Okay, here we go. We must stay awake in human life 
in order to notice the red flags and giant arrows that point to the opportunity to let go gracefully instead of dramatically and hurtfully. We must pay attention to the moment before we set foot into the quicksand of holding onto things so we don't end up drowning in it. Once we allow ourselves to slip into the dangerous mix of sand, clay, and water, and the more we resist letting go, the faster we sink into it. Okay. Can I and say you know what we're talking about? We're talking about politics and the country and the world and blah, blah, blah. We have a choice. When we hear something in the media, we don't necessarily have to agree with it. They're hoping we do. That's their goal. Politicians are hoping we buy into what they're saying and what they're, you know, and I think it's a really, I think right now, some of you may not agree with me, but I believe that we are really, we're in a really exciting time now politically. People are voicing their opinions, um, you know, but, and here's, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for this or what, but here, here it goes. We need more. I, I like the Japanese political system. They have lots of parties. There's a lot to choose from in, Jap in Japan. There's a lot to choose from. Uh, we don't have enough to choose from. And today, it's, it's coming out in the news today that Democrats and Republicans are not happy with their parties. Do you know who they're not happy with? Either of them are happy. And we, you know, we we do have some independent people, independent people out there. We do have some liberals. I call a liberal all the time because I'm not a Republican. I grew up Republican and Democrat with my family. Um, it's not about for me. It's really about the candidate. Yet it's gotten to the point where the candidate is also about the party now. Right. I'm and I'm just going to tell you the world because I ain't afraid. I'm an independent now. I'm an independent. I think for myself. Well, let me ask you a question about being an independent. Um, uh -huh. Where you are, uh -huh. um, are you allowed to vote in the primaries as an independent? There's nothing to choose from. There's nothing to choose from. The last independent, the last independent candidate I saw here was not on my page because independents are about what they, what they, their, their platforms, they're, into, they're about their platforms. I understand Sometimes that. They're not, we're not on the same York, page. We have an election on Tuesday. Uh -huh. We have two candidates, uh, for example, and one of them, you know, is very much on my page. Okay. And the other is not on my page. And I was mm -hmm. an independent for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was not able to vote years ago uh, in a very mm -hmm. important election that I, and I felt that, an opportunity passed me by uh, because mm -hmm. of that. I I think those law uh, those rules should change so that independents should be allowed to vote in the primaries. Um, I think that an independent should have the option. Hear me out, everybody, to go either way. I really do, um, and I. It, it's just, and I agree with what you say. I also think that the two-party system is antiquated and it needs to go. Um, just as we are living on a in terms of a constitution that was written over 200 years ago, yeah. and we ha uh, amendments need to amend, constitutions need to change. We have evolved as a country and as a nation we and are they, evolving as a species. We're evolving as a species. And period. we need to allow that. But I want uh, to go back to your statement again. And the reason I ask you mm -hmm. to read that statement again is you wrote your book. What year did you write the book? Uh, I. It took me three years to write the book. And I. I did I publish it three years ago, four years ago? Three years ago. I'm going to look at the copyright date. Let me look uh, at the copyright date. It, it took me public. years to write this book. And my friends were begging me to, uh, you know, uh, begging me to be like, you could write this book for the rest of your life. I'm like, yes, I could. Uh -huh. uh, and I finally, but, it, you know, it, it, I, but this, the book just as you know, you said we're evolving. Your book is evolving. Yes. I mean, you could continue to put this book out. Um, well, the re I wrote my book in a, 
kind of a basic way so that it would be timeless. It's a timeless book. It's not based on anything that's happening today or yesterday or 100 years ago or 100 years from now. It's, it's a book based on human beings and what we experience as human beings or spiritual beings in human bodies. Now, this came out, according, I mean, this, well, this particular book was, uh, this book came out, uh, but it's not the uh, copyright date, I'm sure. Uh, mm -hmm. It says in the back, July 8, 2021. I, that's not when the book was written. The book was written long, but, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the reason I asked that question is because the very first word is we need to be awake. Um, and we, I, I didn't say need. I said we must stay awake. We must stay awake. You know, I don't like the word need. Uh, well, we must stay awake. And that's just my opinion, by the way, guys. You don't have to do anything I say. I'm just saying that's my opinion. But she will beat you into submission. <laughs> no, but seriously, I'm being, I'm joking. I'm a word of the day is humor. Yeah. But the, I say this because the one word that uh -huh. is, again, you said you don't like the word divide. Yeah. We're just not on the same page, but I don't, I don't know that if you, when we use the word divide, it's like how many fractions are we divided into? It's not just two. There I have more divisions that. than that. It's not but, just one party against the other. It's like a lot of people are just well, not on the same page. But you would, how would you de de define it uh, in terms of a difference of opinion? Uh, we are not united. We are not united as a species. Okay. We are not united as a species. Right. For the, for the good of the planet to... and for the good for the good of the planet and for the good of each other. Because people don't have dialogue anymore. They, they fight. A really important aspect of human life is dialogue. Can we talk about it? Can we find a happy medium? Can we, you know, that's what all these peace talks are about. When someone is addicted to right, when someone is addicted to being right and has an agenda, and there's no penetrating them, you know, we 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 defend. Now Danielle has a great quote here. I want to read what she says. Yes, Danielle's had a lot to say today. Yeah, well, uh, Danielle is you know one of my <laughs> spiritual uh, soulmates as well. She says any evolution is welcome. Everyone's process is different, but we should yes. always leave room for growth. Some people mm -hmm. become addictively dogmatic and prevent growth. Yes, and but they don't look at it as, but here's the deal. They don't look at it as preventing growth. They are addicted to being right. That's the basics. That's the basics. I appreciate that, Danielle. Uh, but the basic is they're addicted to being right to their beliefs and their dogma. They're not willing to look at other people. Um, they're not willing to, you know, Russia, I'm, I'm getting, now I'm getting pulled Now y'all, you little light bulb. That's exactly what Russia's doing. They don't care who they kill and who they destroy for their agenda. They don't care. There is an agenda that they're not letting go of. But the point Period. that I want to make is that mm -hmm. certain words or phrases mm -hmm. or thoughts are being hijacked, if you will in our culture and the word that i am focused on mm -hmm. is the word woke because you said that uh you know again about being awake we must my, i say we must be awake but uh, you know woke it's kind of been overused and but a lot of people don't like it because what does that mean woke could be anything woke to what you know it could exactly be anything. i i understand that and mm -hmm. you understand that, but a lot of people mm -hmm. are not getting that. And a lot of people, I mean, Governor DeSantis, for example, is mm -hmm. using that as a political pawn in terms of what, uh, of getting his agenda moving through yes. uh, Florida. In a well, dangerous... he's not just working, but here's the thing. Everybody in politics is not just working for themselves. There's a whole secret agenda in politics that we don't even know about. 
all everybody's involved with lobbyists. They're lobbying for things. And there's a chain of decision and there's a chain reaction to what they're lobbying for. And we don't know what's on their lobby list. You know, that's just what they do. That's why we it's, it's why I feel like we we've got to we are changing as a species. Tony, Tony said I would argue that we are regressing socially as a society. Well, Tony, you can believe that as long as you as you like. I feel like we are at the precipice of redefining who we are as a country and who we are as a planet. Because people are rebelling against authoritarianism again. It's like the 60s. It's very much like the 60s, except that we don't have as many people, you know, in the 60s, marijuana was bad, you know, and people were doing other things too. But, you know, everybody got high and that was bad. Well, th these days, I'll, uh, I, I can't tell you how many people are on, on opiates and oxycodone and mm -hmm. hydrocodone. It's the 60s all over again, but with different drugs to to ease the pain temporarily. That's how a lot of people are dealing with it. They're in pain, so they they take they're taking oxycodone and you know. But you know, I I, I understand uh, there there are lots of opinions about the word woke. I don't use those terms. I just talk in my own terms. Um, uh, the, you know, the, 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 the idea is for each of us to stay awake in whatever that means to us. And to me, it is, means being, being prepared to see what's going on and possibly not buying into it all and looking within and seeing what it is, you know, but, uh, but as you know, Richard, I'm all about, I'm about world peace. I'm about compassion. I'm about I people. I agree with you. I'm about people. You, but let me give you another example of something that just happened this week. Okay. Uh, Shonda Rhimes uh, has a new TV series that she's uh -huh. created that takes place in a firehouse. And one of the characters is a racist. So she mm -hmm. created this character who walks, talks, and, uh, and acts like a racist. Mm -hmm. And because he is a racist, he talks like a racist. Mm -hmm. So his character it speaks like a racist and someone on the set got offended by the dialogue mm -hmm. and sent a memo to the head of the studio and now the entire show is completely shut down. That's interesting because I feel like where she was coming from, we're all, we're familiar with Shonda Rhimes' work. Yes, of course. And she, Shonda Rhimes is a, is a truth speaker. She left, uh, you know, what the, the production company she was working for is a Disney company. Mm -hmm. And she was treated so badly at Disneyland that she left, that she quit. <laughs> she said, screw you, I'm quitting. And she quit the whole thing, you know, and I'm like, go girl, go. And so I'm, I'm sure I feel like, I mean, I don't know Shonda Rhimes personally. I can, I can only say that I feel that she was uh, attempting at some point and had an agenda to make a point about racism. If we, I, I believe, yeah, station 19, you're absolutely, no, station 19, I've watched since the beginning. Um, it's a fantastic program. And it does do what has to do with a lot of human interaction. It's not just about being a fire person. It's about human interaction and relationships and things of that nature. That's why I watch those things to see how the writers portray human uh, interactions and human relationships. Um, and general and uh, what's the uh, Grey's Anatomy as well. I watch that show mm -hmm. for the script to see where are you when it comes to human beings? Where are you? You know, in television, where are we? Uh, she has been very bold in her career. I, again, I don't know her and I've never talked to her. We should interview her. Um, I've been trying. Uh, I, she has a book she's called- ama Stay She's Earth. amazing. She's amazing. The Year of Saying Yes is one of my favorite books. And if okay. anyone knows how to get her on the show, uh, Kasira and I require to get her on this show. Yeah, we'd love it. We'd love it. Um, but, you know, by the way, Richard, this show is a, is a collaboration 
And it's also an experiment. I mean, we're, we're looking to see who's really interested in this. Who's, who out there is interested in letting go? I have some really, really close longtime friends that, guess what, don't watch the show and haven't bought my book. <laughs> I'm not judging them, not judging them. Yet I'm just saying there's a lot of people that don't want to talk about this. They don't want to talk about letting go. They don't want to do it. They just don't. They're afraid of it. They don't want to look at it. They don't want to look at the layers of what's what they're holding on to. I had an experience this week with something that I did. I made a mistake this week that really bothered me. Uh, and uh, it took me, I, I, I had my own thing about it all day long because it, if I negatively affected another person and not on purpose, it wasn't anything I said, it was something I did, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's not even horrible. It's, but I, I'm really, uh, I'm really aware of, I, I really attempt to stay aware of how I affect other people. Mm -hmm. and it was a really a little technical thing, you know, that was just an honest mistake. Yet it bothered me all day because I affected another person. And it really wasn't anything about me. It was about how I affected that other person. And it took me all day to let go of it because of how oh. I affected the other person. And let me ask um, you a question about that. Uh-huh. If, if you don't mind. Um, was it something that you did intentionally or no, no it was a total mistake. Because it last was night it was um, a technical mistake. Yeah. A uh someone who is a well-known person in the cabaret community posted last night on Facebook. Okay. That he someone reached out to him mm -hmm. and told him that he was a terrible singer and that he was a, oh. uh, that uh, that well you're laughing but it really um hit him hard uh -huh. uh, that uh he was Is it someone um, we both know? Well, he's somebody that I've actually interviewed. He's been on my show um but that he was okay. a um and he's someone who actually sells out his shows. Oh, uh, he was told that he was uh, a terrible singer, huh. that he was not really that good looking, hmm. and they could not understand why any venue would even book him. <laughs> and if I read that about myself, I would seriously just laugh. Well, you are, well, perhaps you're more evolved than he yeah. was, mm -hmm. but it really affected him. And yeah, one person's opinion cannot. It's one thing for someone to say, you're rude and you hurt me and you're hurt, you know, you, you know, you, you, you. Yet for someone to speak on somebody's talent like that, who's someone who's successful, we just have to let it go. Well, I mean, obviously, obviously he's doing something right because he's, it's, you know, but we don't love like there's just, there's singers and performers out there that I can't I don't like at all that other people adore. And who cares? Who cares? Um, you know? has a question that she wants us to both address before uh -huh. uh, we run out of time because the hour is flying by. Uh, she said she would love to hear both of our opinions on forced inclusivity uh, in TV nowadays. So mm -hmm. much of it appears ingenuine to her, uh, like in the Sex and the City reboot. Um, uh oh, well. Do you want to go know, first? And then I will address it. Uh, Sex in the City is kind of a little institution. I owned the Bible, you know, back in the day when it was on TV. And we, I lived in New York and we all watch it on Sunday night. It was just kind of fun to watch women do and say whatever they wanted, you know, and that, that was fun to me. Um, now, uh, you know, it's, they've got their own brand. They've got their own agenda on that show. So uh, to me, it's not just about that show. Uh, it, it is that show is what it is and it has a foundation of what it has and it and it goes on from from what it's supposed to be so it doesn't really bother me um i do see i've had straight people complain to me about all of the gay and lgbtqai plus in, in inclusivity on tv and it bothers them Isn't that interesting as a straight person who has had gay people in her life since she was, you know, I started in theater when I was 13. So I've had gay and 
trans and I've, I have, I have, you know, drag queens that I'm really good friends with and a lot of straight people, you know, I just am one of those all encompassing kinds of, of kind of people. Uh, yet there's people that haven't had a lot of experience with other kinds of people. And that's the, I know that sounds really elementary people that walk other different paths. Um, I know a lot of people that have no, no experience interacting with LGBTQAI plus they have uh, very little experience um, interacting with uh, some uh, ethnicities, you know, mm -hmm. and there's, and they, and they don't like to see it in a move at a film or TV. There's only certain things they'll watch as long as it's on their page and they agree with it. You understand what I'm saying yet? So I think, uh, that's why I believe that we are on the the precipice, the edge of really growing together as a species and really embracing everybody for who the who the souls have chosen to be in this lifetime and their ego mind, also sexually, you know, physically, you know, we're we're evolving as a species. There were days in the ancient world where women were in charge. Women have they're still there's still uh, some tribes on our planet where the women are in charge and they have multiple husbands. They have more than one husband and they're in charge, you know, and I, and back in the old days, in the ancient days, women were in charge. Women were the goddesses. There were no gods. Uh, the men didn't like that and they changed that, <laughs> you know? Uh, so we keep there. We have been ever since human beings have been on this planet, we've evolved on this planet. We've been going through this over and over and over and over again. And we chose to be here at this time during what I call another human revolution. And to say, I don't like that. And I don't like this. Well, guess what? You chose to be here and, and do it. So why not embrace the changes and contribute and engage in the uh, evolution and the human evolution of our lives with other human beings? Why not listen to the other sides? What's going on with you that you can't accept other people for who they are and what their souls have chosen to be in this lifetime? What is it that can't have you meet other people halfway because you're not necessarily on their sexual page or on their political page? I've already said it before. I'm the only non-Republican in my entire family, and we're still a family. We made an agreement. We made an agreement with each other. We're not going to let politics get in our way. We're still going to be a family. We are. And that's different. A lot of times here, I understand. I have friends that can't stand their families because, you know, why? Because we have soul contracts. We're, we we contracted to be here together right now with each other and, and a collective consciousness. Though as we, as we do this show and we have people that watch it with us that are very involved, we see them talking to us, you know, here on the show. We are a, we are a collective consciousness, our show. And these people together with us, Dee and Tony and Francis and, Pam and everybody who's right. on him right now, we are a collective consciousness. Could I and speak we, for a few moments? Sure. Okay, uh, because uh, I want to address uh, Daniel uh, for a moment. Okay. Um, about uh, two weeks ago, Bill Maher uh, addressed this topic as well, and I, I may get in trouble with what I'm about to oh, say. Oh, just say it, baby. Uh, You're I'm going to say, say it. it. Uh, this is my opinion, uh, for better or for worse and I mm. hope not to offend anyone, yeah. uh, but as an actor, mm -hmm. I went into this profession uh, because of the experience of playing different roles. And being an actor is about tapping into the human experience uh -huh. and being able to tap into different types of characters, mm -hmm. different types of modalities, different types of, I have played many straight people um, because I'm a gay man. Um, there are many people today who would say, I should not have had the right to play those gay characters. Oh, for uh, God's sake. Gay characters. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. um, I said, oh, for God's sake. Yes, but there are people who believe that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the greatest movies, in my opinion, is Philadelphia. Tom Hanks recently 
apologized, saying that if that movie was made today, he didn't think that this is a role that he should be able to play because he is not a gay man. Okay. Um, yet he brought so much to that role. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, but he also is not mentally challenged. And he played Forrest Gump. And there are other roles that he's played. I, um, I'm sorry, but I have to say he was, he, no, I'm not sorry. I don't know why I said that. He was brilliant in Forrest Gump. Yes, but my point is- He was is absolutely brilliant. That, but that's what, but that's what an actor does. That's what an actor is. Right. And, you know, and, you know, there's a new show on TV uh -huh. that, quite frankly, I am enjoying on Netflix. Okay. And it's called uh, Uncoupled. I watched the whole damn thing and I loved it. And I'm enjoying it. And many people I love in it. the gay community are very offended by this uh, because of casting choices and everything, um, you know. We will, everybody has their opinions. Yes. Everybody has their opinions. I have. I know a lot of LGBTQAI people that love that show. Um, but here's the thing. Hollywood is Hollywood and, you know, film is film. How grungy do you want it to be? You know, do you want it to be a documentary following somebody around with a camera being, okay, fine. Uncoupled. We've got yeah. that. Yeah. Or do you want something that's produced and scripted? Well, we, some of us like something that's produced and scripted. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's just an opinion. It's, it's just a, it's just a, you know, what do you, what do you like and what do you not like? But I just think that we need to be a little bit more open-minded uh, in terms of if people are able to bring the human experience to a certain role. Um, it's, called, it's called blessing and releasing, you know, former agendas uh, and being and being willing to to be unified with other human beings and see the other side of it. You know what I'm saying? We we, we yeah, I believe you. I, I I'm I'm on that page. Because I mean, you know, also, you know, I did a play, uh, you know, and we're gonna run out of time in a few moments, but I did a play um in the 80s called Beat the Air. Mm -hmm. And the movie The Accused uh, was based uh, loosely on this story. <laughs> Excuse me. And it's about the New Bedford Mass rape case mm. uh, in which the woman was brutally uh, gang raped uh, oh. in a bar in, uh, in, um, uh, in um, Rhode Island. And, uh, you know, Jodie Foster did the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, but the play, Beat the Air, was based on the court uh, documents. And doing this play, mm -hmm. um, I learned so much. I mean, obviously, I was nowhere, nothing like any of the characters that I played doing that. But I had to find some sort, what was it that caused these men to do what they did, mm -hmm. where did they come from? What was their background? Everything. You, not that you accept what they do, not mm -hmm. that you, um, you know, find it, but you have to find humanity in any character that you play. And yeah. as an actor, if you cannot find the humanity in the character that you're playing, mm -hmm. then get out of the business. And, as actors, being able to walk in someone else's shoes mm -hmm. is all about, as I said at the beginning of this, learning about the human experience. Mm -hmm. And I think that we all need to be, whether you're in the business or not, willing to walk in that other person's shoes. Yeah. And Well, instead of saying we need to be, I like to say, wouldn't it be nice if wouldn't it be nice if we did that? Uh, I was in a play in Sedona last October about the life of Chef Rossi in New York. She is what has was called the punk rock caterer, or she's still called a punk rock caterer. She was born into a Jewish family of a very abusive mother and a non-present dad. He was there, but he wasn't, you know what I mean? And two other siblings, and she was a lesbian, and she was a rebel. 
And I played a punk rock waiter who also played her sister in flashback scenes. It was really fun. And uh, well, I got to her book called Raging Skillet is really amazing. And she's got a couple of other plays coming out too. Um, and it's really about how ostracized she was as a young lesbian who also liked to cook and was just kind of out there. Yeah. And what her Jewish, her, 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 her parents sent her to the home of a Hasidic rabbi who she had to sleep on the couch and they made her go. All she did was go to the synagogue and sit with the ladies while the men got to do everything. And she didn't get to, it was, it was horrible for her. I'm not putting down, I'm not putting down synagogues and, and the Jewish religion. Okay. But for her, it was horrible. And that's just a really great example. She is now still a really successful caterer in New York with her partner, Lydia, by the way. And she's uh, living her life. She's living her life out loud, but she went through a lot growing up because of the stigma of beliefs and being addicted to being right by other people. That's wonderful. I, mean, I, feel, I feel like we're called to, uh, there was nothing humorous about this show, which I find interesting. <laughs> Because well, that was my intention. I However, am meeting in half an hour, so I'm going to have to wrap this up. Okay. Uh, but uh, Mitch, uh, do the hashtag without the space uh, so that you can uh, be in the running. And while I'm waiting for you to put that in, uh, I will uh, say, Tony, it's also enjoyable for men in their 60s. Uh, so... <laughs> so, oh, and I'd like to say to Francis, Francis Shea, my phone broke and I lost your contact information. So I'm going to look at our Facebook messaging thing. That's a personal thing. Sorry. But I, I'm, I'm looking at our, I need to get your address again so I can send you a book. Just saying. Thank you. So uh, Mitch, okay. as soon as uh, you put that in, we'll put that in. Uh, my husband and I love the show. We're, uh, we're laughing at it. We're, uh, we enjoy it. And uh, I'm crazy about Marsha Gay Harden at the show. I oh, just, I love her. I love her. Just, yes. Her character just cracks me up and mm -hmm. uh, I just love her. Uh, so Mitch has done that. So now that you in the running, Mitch, I'm going to do this. Thank you all for being here tonight. And uh, again, find the humor in all of this. Uh, Mitch, see Mitch. See, and Mitch, you got to get in touch with me. I need your contact information. We're backed up with prizes for you. Uh, so uh, contact me, send me your email information and make sure that I get everything to you that uh, is owed to you. So I'm going to remove this. I'm going to say my final remarks for the evening and then I'm going to turn it over to Kasira. Um, as always, find the humor in all that you do. Uh, thank you for all being here tonight. Um, let it go. Thank you all for weighing in tonight with your opinions. Um, we're open to everybody. No one's right or wrong or indifferent here. We are all open here. That's what this show is all about. Yep. We let it go at the door. We come in here and it's all about uh, just opening up. Next week, our topic is communication. Oh, no, is I thought it was. No, no, no. No, it's not. I based it on the next section of your book. Oh, are you talking about the book club or the us? No, us. I went. Oh, I'd really like to talk about holding on to material things, if that's okay with you. Well, um, I can change that on the. Uh, can we do that? Because I feel compelled. Because you and I have both been letting go of material things. Yes, uh, we can do that. Okay, thank you. Okay, absolutely. Thank I'll you for your uh, diligence and your uh, and your flexibility. Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, In so, so many ways. So we'll do that uh, next week. Letting go of material things, which is something. Letting I've been go. Doing oh, I bet somebody, some people are cringing right now. I'm doing a I lot feel, of that. I feel lately. it. I feel the energetic cringing. So as always, everyone, as I say at the end of the show, I please, after tonight's show, please go to YouTube, leave a comment on YouTube, let Kasira and I know what you think of tonight's show. Yeah. Share this with your Thank friends. Thank you, everybody, for commenting, for your questions, for your opinions. I to I love it. I love it. I Thank love you. It. And, uh, and uh, so uh, do that. Uh, and also, 
uh, as I say at the end of every show, after tonight's show, go to your Facebook friends list and reach out to the eighth person that shows up on your list and reach out with a phone call. Not an email message, not a text message, not a private inbox message, but a phone call. And reach out and let that person know what they mean to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, As my dear friend Sean Moniker always says, we're all in this together. Yeah, we sure are. Yeah. Yes. And if you're going to go out and vote, make sure you bring a skipper along. And a diva. What was that? And a diva. And a diva. And I'm going to leave the screen and Kasira, you got the final word. It's all okay. Good. Thank, Thank you, you, darling. I love you. Guys, our lives as spiritual uh, beings in the human bodies are about our lives with other spiritual beings, beings in human bodies. So I'd like, uh, those of you who have the book on page 32, I start out the chapter with uh, a quote from my Merkaba meditation teacher, who we did interview one day. His name is uh, Ron Laplace, and I love him. He's a doctor of metaphysics, certified teacher of awakening the heart, certified practitioner and instructor of acutonics and sound healing. He's an amazing man. And he donated a quote for my book that I'd like to share for you. Now I'm going to take my Betsy Ross glasses off and read it to you. The people in our lives who truly serve us are not always the ones we like the most. Often it is the ones who we have the most difficulty being around who offer us the greatest gifts. The contract is formed in a love that goes deep, that they agree to do the hardest jobs in this life and this relationship. They take on a role that is so important for teaching us something about ourselves that we often end up disliking, disowning, or even hating them. In doing so, they prove what real love is. Its boundaries go beyond the narrow picture of the single lifetime and move into the timeless love that exists only outside of the ego and the need to be liked. Have a great week. Take it in as you will. Contemplate it if you like. I just like the fact that you were all here and we shared this together and it really, really means a lot to me. It means a lot to me that you comment. It means a lot to me that you have an opinion. It means a lot to me that you have questions because as Richard said, we're all in this together. I love you. I hope you have a splendid, uh, enlightening week and I'll see you later. Bye.